Welcome to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruis. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Today's guest is Robert Hugh Jocelyn. He's Hawaii's only certified professional public adjuster, as designated by the Insurance Institute of America. He's the principal public adjuster at Hawaii Public Adjusters Corps, where he also serves as, it, as its president. He also currently serves as NIPIA's officer in charge for the Unlicensed and Fraudulent Activities Committee and the Ambassadors Committee. He's been a guest speaker at several national symposiums covering topics such as adjuster ethics, Hawaii property claim practices, and Hawaii property policy coverages. He holds 19, yes, 19 different trade categories of construction licensing as issued by the State of Hawaii's Contractors Licensing Board. I'm just going to stop there, Robert, because you have, I think, 19 pages of your bio that I could read, (laughs) which probably would take up the entire time of our show. So first of all, thank you for coming. It's lovely to see you. Um, The first question has to be, and I'm sure it's what everyone asks you, what exactly is a public adjuster? A public adjuster is one of the types of adjusters. uh, There's three types. There's three types. There's an independent adjuster. There is a field adjuster, which mainly work for insurance companies. And there's a public adjuster, mainly works for all policyholders and as an expert witness for attorneys and lawsuits here in this state. So how do you spend most of your time? We spend most of our time traveling through the islands uh, from damaged property to damaged property. Uh, Policyholders end up with uh, really nowhere to turn unless they go to an attorney and they turn to us. We're there for them. So you're in, in the capacity you represent someone who has a claim versus their insurance company. Is that correct? Or can it yeah, that's correct. Okay. I, I end up with uh, all types all types of claims, uh, fire, smoke, the lava claims we got fairly famous for, um, things like that, storm-related items. So you're an advocate for people who really need help but don't quite know how to get there. Yes, we've been named as the policyholder advocate for Hawaii citizens, actually, by the insurance department. Why is that whole world of insurance companies so troubling and difficult and worrisome and it always comes at a time when people are at their absolute lowest and they're most vulnerable they they can't just go to insurance companies for the most part and say this is what happens can you pay me for everything i've paid you over the past 25 years what is it about that industry that keeps it so shrouded in in paperwork and and people saying no and you know, the kind of secrecy of it. Well, um, they're mostly all of them are for profit. Nobody's, nobody's there to break even in those uh, type of situations. And back in the 80s, there was, a re, there was a study done for a couple of the carriers, and they were saying, how can we make more money at this? And that report became pretty famous, and it said, don't pay as much. And ergo is the problem. You've got you've got a need from shareholders, and you got a need from the policyholders. So they're in battles. The the differences. Who's worse, in your opinion, the 
the big pharma or the big insurance companies? Well, I, it's it's interesting. Uh, I get along with most of the insurance people. Um, I'll t- I'll say that uh, I have, especially the locals, uh, have a very good working relationship with them, and the the. Well, as you say, the larger ones, uh, some of them get a little more isolated being in some other state trying to run claims out here, and they really it makes it harder on the policyholder. I mean, we have foreign and we have alien. Those are the two other types uh, versus local. Mm-hmm. Uh, foreign is uh, the United States, and alien would be like Lloyd's of London out of uh, England. So there's a bunch of different types like that. That uh, the further they get, the more more it more harder it is to get to the top players. What was it about this this type of work that it interested you in the beginning? Like, were you already in insurance? Was that your chosen field, or how did you come to be Hawaii's only public adjuster? Well, um, there's there's about six of us that are public adjusters in mm-hmm. the state. Uh, four of them are Jocelyn's, as I'm a Robert Jocelyn. And it started decades ago. I lost, uh, let's see, it was April 22nd, 1984. I lost uh, everything I had in a fire. Oh, my goodness. Well, and then presumably didn't get the help you needed. Correct. They canceled my policy by mail three days after the fire. And it was mailed Two blocks away. That must have been an absolutely life-changing moment. Yeah, it, it was. How did you cope with that? Where did you go? I mean, presumably there was nobody like you you could go to help. Um, for help. Uh, there were some that existed, but nobody knew of them. So I talked to the attorneys, and they were like, well, did you sign, did you sign that application? I said, yeah, he brought, he brought it to my, my building. We signed it right there on the counter. And he said, the problem was I insured a business and the house because they were joined. I said, but you, you stood right here and we signed it. And he, he said, that's fraud. I'm like, it's not fraud if you told me to sign an application. It was good for three months until I had a fire. Mm-hmm. So that became the rub. I ended up out here in Hawaii, broke. And there is a brother I had out here. And ended up picking up my life, starting all over again as a contractor. So our family ended up building many, many restaurants, many larger buildings, things like that. Uh, probably ones you all eat in normally. We built at least over 100 restaurants. But I had a special place in my heart for insurance companies. I'm sure you did. So, you know, we we speak to a lot of people on this podcast. And... There is a recurring theme, and I think we all realize this in life, that when you go through something that's truly painful and traumatic and life-changing, as you did, the, the contrast that you have almost always propels people into a whole different direction, and in many cases, a much better life. Do you think that was true in your case? I mean, when you look back now on how your career has been and all the things you've achieved, do you think it would have happened if you hadn't had that devastating fire? 
Oh, oh yes, I, I believe I would have had. I'd still be in Texas, you know. That's yeah, it's a whole different life. A whole different life. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, how things work yeah, out that way? Very much so. Um, it ends up that uh, I met a public adjuster after Aniki in '92, and uh, never heard of one before. And late, a few years later, when Linda Lingle becomes was mayor of Maui and then becomes the uh, governor, she turned to some of her top people there at, that was in Maui, and she said, "Can you do, would you be this person? Would you be that person in my administration? And the story goes that uh, J.P. Smith was asked to become the insurance commissioner. I was sitting with J.P. Smith, Vetiful, um, who became labor uh, department, and a guy named Chicago Gojo, which were the top three attorneys really pretty much in Maui over there working for the admin. And they said, you ought to be a public adjuster. And that was that? That was that. It seems to me that because you've had the experiences you've had in your life, that you're sort of carrying a beacon almost, that you're a champion really of people who need help and who need the right kind of advice, whether they be small people or huge corporations. Is that kind of a theme that you find running through what you do, that you want to get the best possible solution for anyone who's in any kind of devastating situation? Yes, I, I really do feel that we are there for people. What are the, are the biggest mistakes that people make? What are some of the things that, if you could reach people right now and tell them, know this about your insurance company or do this, what are some of the things that you would say to people? Well, one thing I find that's, uh, that always shocks everybody is I say, who's your producer? And they go, oh, my agent is so-and-so. I said, well, we stopped using that word agent years ago. And people haven't, you know, been told why. And the problem was is that people thought, well, that's my agent. No, that's an agent for the insurance company. That's why they're called an agent. They're not your agent. Mm -hmm. That's as, as it's they. That's why the name, the title has turned to producer because they're producing a policy, a policy. And was that something that was legally done to stop misleading the public? I, I, I would say so, but I can't put my finger on when it occurred, mm -hmm. uh, but I, it's gotta be maybe 20 years now that it's been like that, but people still call their agent, their agent. So even though you take out a policy with someone that you become friends with, because you're sometimes in a relationship with them for 25 years or longer, Please always remember that they are actually working for the insurance company and not you. Right. They they have their commission system set up and they all compete accordingly. Uh, and they want your business. And there are very good producers out there. There are very good insurance companies. And there's some very bad ones. And then some, there'll be a change at the top or midstream. And next thing I know, there are nice people in the world. And you just you just look at the flavor. Of, of how an insurance company is and how they're built up. Um, what are red flags for you? Like when you start dealing with a claim on someone's behalf and you start, I mean, presumably by now you know almost everybody, so you know who you're dealing with. But what are kind of the red flag things where you think, oh, well, this is going to be challenging. We're going to have to really work on this one. Somebody that uh, the first red flag is somebody that communicates with my client directly, not with me. So in this state, uh, we give rep notices, legal notices that we are now involved in this year to communicate solely with us. They don't like that, especially mainlanders. They think, oh, I'm not just, I'm just going to ignore you. And then 
I do what I've been asked by the insurance uh, commission. By, by the way, we have a really good insurance department. When you deal with other states and you realize how bad they've got it, I pray that we don't lose anybody in our insurance department because they're very good. Is it so good in Hawaii? Yeah, they care. These people uh-huh. care. Yeah. So I've been asked to, if there's a problem, please make record of it and follow the complaint. So that's what I do. It doesn't mean they're going to do something and go out there and throw somebody in jail. It really doesn't work that way. They work more in a cumulative. The more they're getting in on this one thing, that's when they tend to focus more and they tend to write more to get them, because they're regulatory. They're not cops in a sense. They're, they're there to point out. We're here to point out every stop sign they ever run. It's called the <laughs> statutes, and we're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. We're one of the rare states that allow a public adjuster to say, hey, you can't do that here. You can do it in Chicago, but you're in Hawaii. You know? So you have this whole body of knowledge that the ordinary person and the general public, ordinary business owners generally don't have. And so when would someone reach out to you? I mean, I understand if you're being appointed by you know government or by larger bodies, but can can ordinary people with like house claims or or you know fires volcanic you know flows down their street can they reach out to you as a public adjuster and say what do i do next yes we uh, it, it starts off with signing an nda a non disclosure agreement so that it's proprietary information between myself and the client and then we sort of proceed to contract negotiations fairly quickly. It's all this takes place in like a day, mm-hmm. and then we're we're brought in. I reserve the right to, and I haven't had to do this too many, but I have reserved the right to fire a client. And that's when I find out this this doesn't look right. You you're you're creating a claim, and it's not fair to the insurance companies. And to the point where I've, they, they've gotten very, very angry about it as if I have, I have to represent their false claim. I will turn around and tell the insurance company, I got a problem. And I, I don't necessarily go to the insurance department, but I think that the insurer needs to know what's being attempted because that hurts all of us. So if somebody, if you're aware that somebody is really trying to do something that is obviously fraudulent, you can see through it really quickly and just step back and say, this is not Absolutely. something I would want I, to do. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that does happen. It strikes me that you'd have to be quite clever, though, in this day and age to try and, and do something like that. Well, the, one of the things that really pops out is you have... Uh, uh, people that tend to do that feel like they're a victim and they're, in fact, victimizing the system. Right. So I'll check that and I'll see if that's, if I'm dealing with an ego, I'm probably dealing with the fraudster. And we're only talking like six or seven times in my 25 years. So it's not that it happens no, all the time. Right. You know, here's an interesting thing that I want to ask you. So I, I was looking, obviously, I was reading about you and I was looking at what you do. And then I, as we all do, I went on to Google and I was Googling about public adjusting and how it works. And what comes up a lot is what not to say to a public adjuster or what not to say to an insurance company, as if everybody really lives in this bubble of fear of saying completely the wrong thing that will like cost them millions. And I find it interesting too, because you also want people to know 
don't say this or don't do this in the beginning. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how people can sort of talk themselves into a big old mess? Yes, uh, that that does happen quite a bit. That's why if we're involved in the front, I'm doing the talking. Mm-hmm. You do the listening, I'll copy on everything, but you leave it up to me and the, other, the others in the company to get you through this. We know how to do it the quickest possible way, most efficient way. We're going to make sure you get paid every penny you're due and that the insurance company is not going to pay for stuff that's not because of damages. That's just where we draw the line. So when when we have somebody that starts, that's, you know, I called the adjuster because I think it's going too slow. I said, you, you broke contract with us. I'm going to warn you once. If you do that again, you're slowing us down. So go about your life as if you don't have a claim. Go about your life. We'll take care of all these other issues. And as things develop, you'll see it in writing, copy on everything, and you can see where we're going. So the more that they're kept in tune, especially in all the written work, uh, the more more they are to get to the end when there's some checks. It's such an education for people about because most people go through their whole entire lives really the reason they have insurance is because they hope they never have to use it. They hope they never have to claim on something because it is so difficult. But what strikes me as interesting is it's is one of those areas that really is still shrouded in mystery and it's all you almost feel like the that the person who is is being insured that there's just people waiting to try <laughs> to try and catch you out. Hence the reason that there's all over the place people saying, don't say this ever. Do you see people really tripping themselves up? I mean, have you seen people who just in all innocence have created a problem for themselves, which is really... Absolutely. That must be awful. Yeah, I hate to see it happen. Because you can't take the words back, even if you didn't mean it, right? That's correct. Tell Um, us, give us an example of something that was, you know, like that. Well, let's say that your, your... Supply line, the piping underneath your kitchen sink pops, which is called a pipe burst. So your flex line is spraying water. I have one right now that's in Wailea, probably two and a half million dollars in damage. And what it looks like is that it went for about four days. Well, they're like, oh, we're worried about the mold. We're worried about the mold. I said, I'm not worried about mold. Never say that word in front of me. I'm worried about the water. Mm-hmm. If mold grows on that water, it's because the water's there. It's not because of mold. So stop saying mold. Mm-hmm. And it, it's true because we're making a water claim. You have a mold limit on most policies. And if that limit is $10,000. That's all you get. It's all you're going to So get. if you use the wrong word, if you say you're claiming because of this, you're just done. Well, I can try and undo it. I mean, I, I, and it I shouldn't, have, it sh- really shouldn't be that scary, should it, for normal people? No, no. But, you know, shut up's always good advice sometimes. Yes. I'll don't tell speak you everything you want to know. That, I think that's the best thing we can tell people listening today. Owners of huge businesses and small business owners alike, if you have an insurance claim, don't say anything <laughs> until you've spoken to someone who's an advocate, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I had a tree growing under my house, the roots of a tree. And everyone said to me, that is an insurance. I, we should never do this, by the way, on a podcast. You should never bring your, your private stories in to tell somebody. But I'm just going to share this with you as an example, because I think it's happened to thousands of people. 
And everyone said to me, that is absolutely insurance. Your whole floor is coming up and the foundation and the whole thing and the tree has done it. And the tree was out on the street and I didn't plant the tree. And of course, the insurance company said, we cover everything except trees growing <laughs> underneath your house. And I was like, I'm sure if I'd asked you in a different way, that would have been compensated. I'm not expecting you to know the answer yeah, to this, answer. But, I, but I bet you see that kind of thing a lot, right? Well, yeah, I, I do. Um, and the 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 biggest area that I've been uh, cautioned about, I've been I've been investigated before by like the Supreme Court's uh, Office of Disciplinary Counsel because I'm right on the line. I don't, I, you know, rights are huge, and lawyers can explain that to you by law. I can't. But I know what your financial interests are in an insurance claim. And by law, that's what the legislator, legislative has, has authorized me to do, to represent the financial interest of policyholders in an insurance claim. Well, I'm sure on a day-to-day -day basis, you see some very interesting things. And I'm sure sometimes very devastating things when people are at just such a low point in their lives. But we're glad you're there. Um, how do people contact you? Because we want to make sure that they contact, they don't just look for public adjuster. We want Hawaii public adjuster if we're here. Because there are all kinds of adjusters out there who will be on the mainland, for example, and say, oh, I can represent you. So how do people reach you? Uh, the easiest way is to Google Hawaii public adjusters, and we're, we're top of the list there. Now, some people, some people mimic us. Some people want some of that business or over in California. Look at the number. If it's an 800 number, pretty Don't sure. <laughs> yeah. Or if it's an area code that you haven't seen before, the locals all have the 808 phones, right? The, the few of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have, we're located here. We live here. I'm 37 years now since that fire, living here. My wife, since she was six years old. So call you, look for your number. Or email you, and if you just check Hawaii Public Adjuster, you guys, you will find Robert and his everything he does. Um, thank you for, for being with us this morning. Robert Hugh Jocelyn is Hawaii's only certified professional public adjuster as designated by the Insurance Institute of America. And I'm sure we could have talked much longer about all of the different ways that people can protect themselves. But thank you for giving us a little taste of what you do. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altris. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's business. <laughs>